1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? We got a great show planned for you as always. DMs wide open. If you got something for us, drop it on in there. That's the uh, DMs on our love line. IG page always open. Any questions you got, anything you want me to drop deeper into and explain further Drop it on in there. You're helping others as you're helping yourself, and uh, yeah. Past episodes of Loveline are always over at wearechannelq.com. Just kind of getting that bookkeeping out of the way. But great show plan. We're going to talk first about how to not be a people pleaser. I know there's a lot for us all to learn in that, whether or not we feel as though that you know we qualify for. And then later in the show, we're going to be talking about um, how to deal with anger. Ah, something uh, I spent a lot of time my life working on, and I'm doing pretty good. But you know, always room for some improvements. Um, Yeah. So hope anyway, your week is uh, winding down, feeling good. Hope you're taking care of yourselves. As always, just my reminder, you know, the doctor and me, self-care every single day, joy and pleasure every single day and a uh, rest. And I don't just mean sleep, you know what I mean? And it's hard. A lot of us are working busy jobs, busy lives, juggling multiple things at one time. So it's about doing it the best we can. And it's awesome. Often it's these uh, small tweaks, but a uh, people pleasing. You know, some of this is definitely gendered. I I believe that uh, people that are female, female presenting, female identified, uh, are trained to think as though they are there for the, patriarchy, right? Uh, Centering other people's needs. Women aren't always socialized to believe they can set boundaries. We're getting better. And I don't want to make it completely about gender, but I always want to be intersectional and hold space for this fact that's also racialized at times. Not everyone is raised in a way or, you know, occupies a space in our culture that uh, makes the world tell them that they have worth and value and can set boundaries. A lot of us are raised in families that are boundary less, right? So we're never really shown Boundaries even look like. We we don't have healthy examples of uh, people setting boundaries, people being able to tolerate having boundaries set with them, right? Because that's part of this. Part of working on not people pleasing, which means essentially having um, healthier boundaries and coming more from a self centering place. That's confusing for some people. They were raised in families where. Self-centered meant narcissism, right? To the uh, detriment of others. But we can be self-centering, which means we still care about those around us, uh, but we also look out for ourselves. And that's why I like using that word, self-centering. So that's what it's really gonna be about, not putting others before us to our own detriment, although we are being collective in our responsibility, so we are looking out for those around us. But again, this is very much family of origin work, right? Did your family have no boundaries? Were the boundaries too rigid? Were people really bad at you know, having them set? And then also it moves into these other identities we have in the world. You know, if you're someone who's queer identified or gay, you weren't always raised to believe that the world is safe or people will honor your needs, et cetera, et cetera. So it kind of rolls on, but, It's basically often feeling as though your only role or purpose is maybe to make others happy or you don't think you have worth in others' lives unless you're maybe doing something for them. So some people step into this caregiving role because they feel like that's where I'm needed and I might not be accepted or seen as having worth and value if I'm not providing something beneficial to someone. And that's where, you know, it's about having a conditional relationship then that, you know, you're in my life as long as it serves me. Right? It's a very flimsy, fragile way to occupy space in someone's life or even in the world. And that's why sometimes practicing setting boundaries or not being people pleasing um, means, and you'll know you're doing it when you are disappointing and frustrating people, but you do it anyway. And you know that that's okay because not everyone is gonna support you or thank you when you set a boundary. I wanna live in a world where when you set a boundary, even if someone's bummed out by it, they say, thank you for taking care of yourself. You know, not what I wanted to necessarily hear, but I understand the need and value for you to say no. And so I honor that. What if we lived in that world? What if we could be those people? Go be that person. If someone says a boundary or they stop some people pleasing, support that. That's hard to do in our world, especially for some people. Um, So that's part of it also. really going back to your value system. What do you need? What does your value system say you need to do? Because at times we don't even know what our values are. We don't know what our mission statement in the world is. And so we're not really even sure what stance to take. So that's part of this too. I have all my clients doing that. Not all of them, but a lot of them. What's your mission statement? What do you want your life to be about? What is your value system? What, what do you want your compass to be? What guides your decision making? And if we don't know, well then we might not have one or not a strong one. And it can help us to know our mission statement and our value system. And that's always what we make decisions based on. I know mine and I make my decisions based on them. The first one is mental health. Is this mental health centered? And what kind of impact will this said thing have on my mental health? And is there a way that I can make it better for my mental health. That's always the number one thing. And then number two goes into my ethics. Does it cause harm to people or animals? I'm about nonviolence across the board because all levels of violence intersect and sustain others, right? So I'm always thinking that term. Who's it harming? Who's being left out? And if we meet those two needs, and then usually I'm pretty pretty darn on board. And um, yeah, this is actually how we build self-esteem. So know that as well. And there's pieces of this we can all learn and work on. Um, but again, remember that the work isn't gonna be simple and that's what makes it even more meaningful. So um, some of us are built this way, some of us are hardwired this way and socialized this way. But uh, We'll take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to really look at some of the steps that we can implement or start to practice so as to start to disrupt this sense of uh, people-pleasing. Difficult work, but important. And uh, so we'll be finishing that for the next couple segments, and then, like I said, later we'll be gliding into those DMs, so uh, drop something in our DMs if you got something for us. You are listening to Loveline, and Loveline is brought to you by AstroGlide. Personal lubricants and massage oils for everyone. Taking a little break, we'll be back, so stick around.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on slash recommend today.
2: All right, we're back and we're talking about how to uh, dismantle and how to kind of undo that training we have that uh, really pushes us into people pleasing. And before the break, we were acknowledging that some of this is how you are socialized right in your family of origin. And then we step out into the world and all the different identities we have or all the different social locations we occupy matter as well. And we don't live in a world where people understand or honor boundaries, right? We talk about words like selfish, selfless, but I don't know that we always even know what that is. And I was saying in the earlier segment that work on writing down your mission statement. Like, what do you want your purpose in this world to be about, right? Like, what are your goals? And then also, what is, what is your value system? Like, what do you think ethics are? What are your ethics? right? We need that like compass, that decision-making rubric. And I run everything through mine. And that's really helped me in difficult times when I wasn't really sure, or when I was maybe afraid that I wasn't looking out for myself, you know? Um, But we're going to talk about some of the steps to really push back and dismantle this. So the word I'm using is for a lot of people pleasers, you're working on finding worth in other ways, um, just inherently in your own presence, but also learning to be more self-centering. What do I need? right? I don't use the word self-centered. It's got a negative connotation and often it is, you know, misused. So it's about being self-centering. What do I need? How does this impact my mental health, right? Or what's driving this behavior? You know, what am I trying to create or what am I trying to defend against having to feel or experience? So the first one is, um, why are you doing this? (laughs) Like really ask yourself that before you step into a behavior activity for someone. What is it? What is this driven by? Why are you doing that? And the answer can't just be because I like being nice or I like being kind. That's actually a way to bypass actually doing this deeper work of asking this question. Are you helping because it makes you feel happy, satisfied, right? Or because you feel guilty before you, because you feel obligated? Because there's a line, right, between feeling, um, interested and as though it keeps your your yourself intact in doing something for someone and the opposite of that would be doing something where you're going to be resentful, it feels like it's um, having a negative impact on you or it depletes you. Uh, for example, um, someone asks you to take on a new role at work. Uh, someone asks you to take on a role maybe at the school that one of your children goes to and you're in that really funky moment where you're realizing maybe I have enough on my plate or I'm not interested in participating to that extent. But then you're up against what people think, what will people say, you know, what obligation do I have? And the first question is, how will this impact my mental health? Is this going to burn me out and overload me? Well, then the answer is no. And you set that boundary, right? Then the second piece is, is it even tied to your ethics? What is it they're asking you to do? Is it something that really puts you in a position where you're not sure you stand behind the goal or the mission statement? So instead of saying yes to everything, um, Ask why you're doing it, but run it through that matrix, but then it's also okay to say things like, I'll have to get back to you. I want people that are very anxious and aren't able to like walk through all the steps I'm saying as quickly as I can, to give themselves a break. It's okay to say, I'll come back to that. Or it's okay to say, I'll have to let you know tomorrow. Or I have to think about that and get back to you. Maybe practice making that your answer always because maybe you realize you're too prone to say yes and then later regret it and it's hard to take it back, although you're allowed to at any time, take something back even if you've committed to it. Hear me say that. Commitments aren't things that you have to hold yourself accountable to if it no longer works for your mental health. You're allowed to say, unfortunately, I know I committed to A, B, C, and D. Upon you know further thought, I realize that that's gonna have a real negative impact on me and my mental health. I can't honor that anymore. I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint you. I hope you'll find someone else to fulfill that. You know, But if you're not able to step right in or do that work at all, Ask for more time, not ask for more time, demand more time. You know, I'll get back to you. I don't really know right now, or I need to think on that, or let me go process that more. I'll I'll circle back and let you know. Take that break, take that pause. Um, And like I said before, it's really great if you can let your values, your integrity, your ethics, your politics drive your decision-making, right? So instead of saying like, you know, did someone ask me to do this? How would they feel? It goes to, is this in line with my values and my integrity? And that's a new spin, because we don't use terms like that, but I think what was born out of Trump's presidency and all this examination of politics is us realizing that ethics and integrity and our value system are our politics, and they are all deeply connected, right? Every decision we make is born out of that and impacts that, and we wanna start thinking in those terms. We can't have mental health if we're living outside of our values and our integrity. We don't let ourselves off the hook like that. We can't lie to ourselves in that way. We will be aware that we are doing things that aren't good for us, aren't good for the world, or that we don't stand behind. We don't want to participate in that way. Um, So that's really important. Also, we all have to learn how to say no. We all have to learn how to disappoint and frustrate people that are close to us, people that we care for, people that we want to be seen a certain way by. It's an important part of mental health. The answer can't always be yes. And the answer can't always be, let me find a way to make that happen because that's when we move into dangerous territory. Remember, stress is the first piece. Second step is burnout. And then the third step is severe physical health impairments. And the stress piece is a mental health issue. The second, the burnout is mental health moving into physical. And then the third is is mostly physical with some emotional. And then we're really, really, really in a problem. So when you start to feel stressed out about something, that's a cue that you need to set a boundary, back off or take space. Once we're in burnout, sometimes we're too far in. And then that means we need to completely maybe take a break or move away from something or, or leave a job or a relationship or whatever it is. Because then the third step, once we're like now physically impacted where we are having high blood pressure, you know what I mean? We are having physical ailments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now we're, we're really in a danger zone even more so. So we don't even wanna have to get there. But saying no can feel really harsh for some people. Saying no can feel very aggressive for some people. Why? Again, family of origin, was that honored, was that allowed? Did you see people practicing that in a healthy way and saying, yeah, I got it, no. And then you move out into the world. What kind of world have you been participating in? What kind of relationships have you been in? Have you been able to hear no? Practice it, practice it even in small ways. We start small and then we build our way up, right? But there's a huge difference. Um, saying no isn't being mean or aggressive. Saying no is boundaryed. And I shared this once before, I'll share it again. Pema Chodron, American Buddhist nun, she talks a lot about fierce compassion. The fact that we can be compassionate, right? Still a good person, but we can be fierce in that we set boundaries and still take care of ourselves. To say no can still be done in a very loving, compassionate way. Like, I'm really sorry, I have to say no. It's a softness, but that 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 harshness is just because we're not familiar with boundaries at times, but we have to do it anyway. Uh, we're gonna take a little break and when we come back, we're gonna keep talking about people-pleasing and how to kind of dismantle that. you listen to Love Live with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on Odyssey. Alrighty, we are back and uh, breaking down people-pleasing. Um, difficult stuff. Mental health isn't easy, you know? And a lot of this stuff emerges when we're in relationship with others. That's where the work is. That's where the damage is done. So this is like relational work. This is relational trauma that we're undoing. Cultural trauma, racial trauma, gender yeah. trauma right? Family of origin trauma, just the mere act of setting boundaries and saying no is a way to really work through and undo a lot of that historical trauma. And then when you start implementing that in your family, that's how you stop the intergenerational transmission of trauma where you're letting those, you know, really toxic family traits that have been normalized and passed along. You're like, they stop here. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to be self-centering. I'm going to say no, and I'm not going to feel bad about it. It's okay to say no. It's okay to have boundaries. Healthy people will allow that. We give some people a little chance to get more familiar, but generally healthy people allow that. When people set boundaries with me, I'll be like, oh man, bummer. But like, yeah, thank you for taking care of yourself. I get it. You know what I mean? You lean in, but saying no is huge. And we know we're practicing this work when we're feeling a little anxious. You know, that little bit of anxiety is a sign I'm really doing something important, something really transformative. Um, It will work. It won't always feel great. But again, remember all this work does not mean you're a bad person. You know, people feel bad letting people down. We have to get more familiar with that. So, you know, again, it's a call to action. When someone's trying to do this work with you or in front of you, help them along by being like, I got it, thank you. You know what I mean? Don't make it harder on them because they're practicing like you're practicing. We're all just doing the best we can, you know? But we we gotta start taking care of ourselves a little better. Also, there's this whole thing about apologizing. We don't need to apologize for setting a boundary, we've harmed to know when we've done nothing wrong. People make a request, awesome, but we're not, we don't owe it to them. They're not entitled to a yes. So we don't need to feel bad when we say no. It wasn't our job to say yes necessarily. It's okay for them to be let down or to have to turn to someone else. We don't need to apologize for that. No harm was done. Know that. Someone being disappointed or frustrated is not them being harmed. We have not harmed someone by setting boundaries. It's quite the opposite, right? So we have to really get rid of that. Um, so we don't need to be saying our sorry all the time. We don't need to over-apologize. We don't even need to explain or defend. We can just say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I I often tell people, the less you say, the better it's going to be. When we give a lot of information, sometimes we give people a chance to talk us out of it or undermine our thought. And so instead of really over-explaining, we just kind of make the statement. Unfortunately, this isn't working out anymore. I don't want to keep dating. We don't need to explain. Just do it lovingly. You know what I mean? Or unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it to your event this weekend. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Um, You know, sending you positive vibes. Have a great weekend. We don't need to explain. We don't need to defend. That's often born out of anxiety, feeling as though we don't have a right to say no or set a boundary. So if you notice that you're wanting to apologize or explain, stop for a second and say, why do I feel as though I need to get that vulnerable or go that far? Why do I feel as though I can't just say no or or I can't just say that doesn't work for me? Try to Try to not explain, try to not apologize, but we're also doing it very compassionately. It's not aggressive. It's whenever, whenever I'm scripting something, notice the word choice, but also notice the energy, right? And the tone that I use. I always try to keep it soft. I try to keep it, as I say, relational, which lets the person know, I want us to stay connected. This isn't meant to separate us or, or end our relationship. It's, it's me needing to set a boundary, be willing to do that. And and again, like I said, support people that are trying to do that. This is not simple work. None of this is. Because again, we've constructed a world where it's a vertical hierarchy and we feel like there's certain people in positions where we don't have a right to take care of ourselves. But it's my mom. Okay, but her having that roller title doesn't mean that she can expect boundarylessness of you. You're still allowed to say no and set a boundary. But they're my older brother or you know, they're my oldest friend, or that's my grandmother, or that's my supervisor. You still get to prioritize your mental health. You still get to set boundaries. You still get to say no, but we have to practice it small. So find some of the easier relationships to do it, but really target that. Say to yourself, if I could set up a hierarchy of the easier people to do this with versus the harder, let me start at the easy. And make sure it's meaningful. I mean, maybe practicing you just kind of sling it around a little bit, but make sure you only use it when it's meaningful. Some people are more willing to do more. Some people are open to doing more. Great, do it. It's okay to be a caregiver. It's okay to give a lot. That's not inherently bad. It's looking at the impact. If it's negatively impacting you, if it's stressing you out, if it's burning you out, right, if it's feeling depleting. More importantly, a great sign that you need this work also is if you feel resentment. Resentments are a sign that we've allowed something that we shouldn't have allowed. Resentments are a sign that we did something we didn't want to do. Resentments are a sign that we didn't set a boundary we should have set. Resentments are a sign that maybe we shouldn't, you know, continue to be a part of something. So let that resentment, let that frustration within yourself be a communicator that this work is necessary to be done. I promise you, it it will serve you. It will make you feel more empowered. And the more we do this, guess what? the more we feel able to do this. And if we're willing to set boundaries and take care of ourselves, fear reduces. Because we know we can be anywhere around anyone, engage in anything. Because if something changes, we will take care of ourselves and set a boundary, you know? But that has to be a real thing that we know we can rely on. Um, all right, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to glide into those DMs. So stick around. And if you got a DM for us, as always, drop them in the DMs on our Loveline and G page. Whatever you're wondering about, any questions or any topic you want me to talk about or go deeper into, we're down for it. And uh, we are channelq.com. It's where you want to head over if you want to check out some past episodes of Loveline. Scroll down, look for my face, bam, click on it. And there they are. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris. Loveline is brought to you by AstroGlide, personal lubricants and massage oils for everyone. Stick around. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back. And now it's time to glide into those DMs brought to you by Astro Glide.
0: Gliding into the DMs.
2: This one says, Dear Dr. Chris and Loveline, I've been trying to make everyone happy in my life, often to the exclusion of myself. Interesting, interesting, especially after the topic we just talked about, how to not be a people pleaser. So if you're just jumping on last minute, we are ChannelQ.com as past episodes, you can go back and listen to what we literally just talked about. But you said, my boyfriend literally plans so many things by himself or with his friends, that I literally don't see him, except for when I make him take trips with me and take photos. Make him? It's an interesting uh, word you throw in there. Everything I do is to try to make him happy. And I know, wow, surprise twist here. I know I'm over the relationship. I just don't know how to tell him. I didn't see that coming. But to be honest, you say, I'm so afraid of breaking up with him and him just saying, okay, I feel the same way. I don't know what to do. well wow, there's a lot in there. Um, you need to end it. And you need to not worry about whether or not he feels the same way. In In fact, if he does, that should be a good thing. Why do you need him to not want it to be over? What, what is the meaning and value in that? Why do you need to be wanted by someone who you don't want? So first off, work on not being a people pleaser. Number two, work on being with someone who wants to actually spend time with you. We shouldn't have to force or make someone spend time with us. That's a bad sign. Bigger than that, if we don't want to be with someone, let's not let our egos be so much on the line that we still want them to want us even if we don't want them don't don't go down that route. There's a lot wrong in this question. So there's a lot for you to learn about it. And I love that. Relationships are for us to learn about ourselves. Parenting and relationships, they're the most powerful ways to say, hmm, where's my work? What do I need to do to improve? So part of leaving a relationship is looking back at who you were and saying, who do I want to be again? Who do I not want to be again? Right? That's how we grow. So, um, Stop putting everyone's needs before yours. Sit down and spend some time finding out what your needs are, prioritizing them, especially from the beginning of a relationship. It's easier to start as ourselves than to down the road while we're in it, try to reorient and change everything. It can be done. But from the door, center your needs. Also, again, find people that want to be with you. We shouldn't have to force ourselves into someone's life. Um, And you need to end it. That's what you need to do. Don't get so hung up on whether or not they're going to say they feel the same way. And that fear is a horrible reason to stick around in something i want you to care about them and so that would mean you feel good that they're open to it being over you know but nonetheless you need to do that so do that for yourself that's a sign of how you stop being people pleasing which is actually what your first question was how do i put myself first by leaving relationships you no longer want to be in immediately so the minute you're listening to my answer let this segment end and then uh get on the phone or uh go meet up with them and say hey you're awesome. It's run its course. I don't think we should do this anymore. Not, I don't think. I know I don't want to do this anymore, you say. And so let's transition into just being friends if that's something you're open to. And if not, then uh, this is kind of where our journey ends. Wishing you all the best. And then you sit down and say, All right, now I want to look at who I was in this relationship and what parts of myself do I want to really improve and work on? What parts of myself do I want to take forward and strengthen? Because it's part of just the amazing person that I am, you know? That's what comes up next. So do it, you'll be fine. I know it's scary to sometimes venture out onto our venture out onto our own after having been in a relationship, but yeah, singledom is part of the journey and also we can learn more about ourselves, you know? So do the work. Um, such an interesting question though, you know, not wanting to end something because we're afraid of finding out that maybe some of our fears were correct, that they didn't like us as much as we had hoped or wanted. Um, or maybe they were as open to it an ending, and so we kind of look back and question what was. It's hard, you know? Um, but relationships are sometimes being hurt and hurting. You know, we have, to, we have to accept that. And that's why we work on having coping skills. But bigger than that, we also work on having a full life otherwise so that we have other things to move forward with and to focus on and to feel good about. So don't collapse around this, you know? Knowing you're gonna end it, get your friends all lined up and ready build in some things that to give you some joy and pleasure and, and step out into the world, you know, step out into that newness. Um, all right, y'all coming up next, we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff, uh, including better ways to deal with anger. That is definitely something we all can benefit from and learn more about anger. It's not always a bad thing. We're going to talk about that. It's not necessarily about not being angry. It's about how we deal with and work with that anger. You know, uh, you are listening to love line with Dr. Chris. On channel Q brought to you by Astroglide. Taking a little break, we'll be back. Stick around and join us. And in the meantime, we are channelq.com for past episodes and uh our Love Line and G page in the DMs. If you got a question, thought, or something you want me to clarify, stick around, we'll be back.
0: Gliding into the DMs is brought to you
1: by Astroglide.
2: All right, we're back and uh Talking about anger, something we all got to work on, I think, right? This was uh, powerful for me. That's why I wanted to kind of do a little bit of a little segment on it. uh, How to communicate anger. You know, all of our emotions, all relevant, all reasonable. Remember, mental health is about feeling every single emotion deeply, being able to sit into it deeply, being able to allow it. There's no such thing as a negative emotion or a bad emotion. They're all just different energies and experiences. We don't want to be afraid of any of them, right? It doesn't mean that some of them don't harm us or feel amplified or have negative outcomes, but just the general topic, it's okay to feel these things. We don't want to get rid of anger. We just want to work with it appropriately. Anger is very reasonable and very helpful. Anger helps us take care of ourselves. Anger can help us realize when a boundary hasn't been set or when a boundary hasn't been honored. Anger is appropriate for a lot of situations and it can very, it can very much galvanize and motivate us and bring us together. It's okay to be angry. Um, But again, we want to work with it in ways that feel okay to keep relationship going, right? So we're going to talk about the unhealthy versus the healthy, the helpful versus the unhelpful, however you want to best, you know, kind of formulate that. So the first thing is always, I've talked about this before, people that are like, oh, I tell it like it is, I have no filter. Those are very dangerous people because we do need to think about the impact of what we're saying on others. Impact matters. Intention's meaningful, but impact matters more. If we're harming people, we need to look at that. And so we don't wanna just say what we say, however we wanna say it, whenever we wanna say it. That's not the sign of mental health. Mental health is about, again, considering impact, having impulse control, having boundaries, having self-regulation. Because remember, we have two boundaries. We have a boundary that protects us from other people, but then there's also a boundary that protects other people from us. And that's often one of the boundaries that needs the most work on, the most work on, the most work done on, however you say that. So we wanna pause, we wanna stop, we wanna take a breath before responding. There's a gap of space and time between stimulus and response that we want to widen because that's when decision-making and thoughtfulness comes in. That's when judgment comes in. What do I want to do about this? So we want to get very familiar pausing and expanding that space of consciousness between something happening and us having an immediate response. People that are bam, like that, that snap, that right on it, not a good sign. Self-regulatory people move slower. They're more thoughtful. They pause, sometimes even say, huh, I'm gonna come back to this. Or, "Eh, now's not the great time. I'm feeling a little dysregulated, I'll come back. That's a skill I love in couples. When someone's saying in the middle of a fight, you know what? I'm not comfortable with how I'm starting to feel or talk to you, so I need to take a break. They're so aware of themselves and and impact that they're tracking that. And then there's people that are the opposite. They just let her rip. Also, healthy communication of anger is where we're not blaming others unless others are at fault but we're using I statements and taking responsibility for our role, like I just said. I'm not comfortable with how I'm hearing myself talk to you or how I'm starting to think and feel, so I'm gonna step away. It's about self, because that's where we always have to start. How's, how's, how, how's this me? How am I you know, someone who participates or creates this? So really start there. Are you one of those people who needs to slow down and breathe and take pauses? Are you one of those people who needs more self-regulation and boundaries? Are you someone who's always making about what everyone else is doing? Because often when we can't or don't wanna have to be better or work on ourselves, we, we try to get everyone else to stop doing what they're doing. You know, My favorite example is someone's talking very loudly and instead of you staying calm or moving your seat, we wanna make them do all the work. Hey, I'm gonna need you to quiet down. Okay, but we could have just moved ourselves. We could have just stayed calm. We could have just tried to better understand the situation. Not applicable to every situation, but there's something meaningful in that. Um, this is really huge. Anger frustration, instead of, instead of making it adversarial, sometimes the best way to approach anger is to try to find a cooperative solution. What if instead of making it me against you and you against me, what if I realize we're both trying to just find a solution and we can maybe do that together if we both regulate and say, hey, okay, neither one of us are happy. What do we think is a mutually beneficial solution? Being cooperative, being in it together. I love that, right? Also, Making it safer by being vulnerable and owning your part, your mistakes. That's a, that's a sign of strength and mental health. Really leaning into what maybe you've contributed or what you've done and not making it just about the other person. Because self-awareness, self-reflection and consciousness is such a vital part of mental health. Another concept we use in the field is called an observing ego. We have an observing ego. There's another part of us that's always monitoring and watching ourselves, what we're saying, what we're doing. I even say that to clients in the clinical sense. I'll say, hey, in our sessions, I'm imagining I'm watching you out in the world and I'm editing out in a lot of ways what other people are doing or saying, and I'm just looking and learning about what you're doing or saying, and I'm holding you accountable to that because most of the time your behavior is on you. And regardless of what someone might have said or done, I still have to hold my clients and the individuals in front of me accountable to their best. So think of that in that way. You know, if you, someone were to see a videotape of you moving throughout the world and edited everyone else out, what would they think of how they're seeing you act, talk, and respond? And does it really matter what might have what might have led up to that? Does that make what you said or did okay? Because rarely it does. And again, we don't we don't let ourselves off the look the hook. Our integrity is always with us. It's always aware of what we're doing. And so our mental health is 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 part of us tracking ourselves in that way. Um all right, let's take a little break and when we come back we're going to keep on breaking down how to uh better work with anger. Something we can all something we can all benefit from, right? You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris. Love Line is brought to you by Astroglide, personal lubricants and massage oils for everyone. Take a little break. We'll be back. Stick around. All right, we're back and we're talking about how to better deal with our anger something we can all benefit from uh, learning about. Um, Because essentially, sometimes our anger is about learning how to fight in a healthier, more productive way. Because remember, often, most of the time, this is someone we wanna stay in relationship with. And so we're not trying to hurt them, harm them, blow them out, make it unsafe for them to stay close and connected. So we we wanna definitely make sure we're thinking in those terms. And uh, the way I see some people fight, people that care about each other, you would think that they were trying to harm and make it so that they can't ever come back together. (laughs) Um, The number one thing I always want everyone to remember is soft startups. The research shows over and over and over that the way we start and enter a conversation has a huge impact on how that conversation winds up going and ending. And if we can start soft, sometimes it can stay soft. So we don't wanna come in swinging. Now, I was at a couples and uh, marital marital and couples therapy training many, many, many years ago and they did an activity that was really profound on me and everyone else. So they have this heart rate meter and they brought a couple up from the audience that was willing to be a participant and they said, you know, bring up a topic that the two of you tend to get frustrated and triggered around, they did. And you could see them getting activated to the extent that they could in this group. They put the heart rate meter and they're like, yes, you guys are very dysregulated. Heart rate meters picking up on it, bam. Then the instructor said, hey, now calm yourselves down. Let me know when you guys are calm and ready to lovingly and in a soft way return to that conversation. So they did. And they're like, okay, we're good. They put it on. They were like, nope, you guys are not. We overestimate how calm we think we are. And we'll say we're calm when we're not. And so it really reminded us to remind our clients and ourselves that sit longer, take more time, go to bed angry. Don't just fight to get it done. Don't just push through if you're saying things that are harmful, things that you can't take back. We want to have a soft startup, which means we are in a soft, grounded place. And we want to be really good at checking in on how calm and cool do we actually feel. Because soft startups tend to lead to better, more productive relationships versus going in harsh. What happens when someone comes in harsh? Everyone's everyone's blood pressure and blood rate and heart rate and everything's pumping. We're starting to move into aggression. We're moving into fight or flight. Maybe, you know, whatever it is, like the traumas are brought up. It's not a good way to frame something. So we start slow, we start calm. I also love people saying, if they think it's gonna lead to anger and frustration, like, hey, is this now a good time to talk? So part of dealing with anger and frustration is not just charging in and discharging that as though the goal is about just getting it off your chest so as to not be angry. The mental health perspective is, I need to remember my intention and my intention is resolution. My intention is to not harm. My intention is to stay close and connected. So I don't wanna go in guns blazing because then that means the other person has to pull out their weapons, right? So we stay soft. We don't let things build up. We're appreciative. We're polite. Imagine that, we're polite. Imagine us using some positive statements. That's what the work looks like. It's massive, right? We wanna remember how we're impacting landing on the person in front of us, track them, pay attention to that. That's how we deal with anger appropriately. Because we're trying to not be in violence, we're trying to just be in anger. And we don't need to let people tone please us. People can say, oh, you need to tone it down. Well, maybe we do, but maybe we don't. If you're angry, you're allowed to be angry. As long as you're expressing it in the ways we're talking about, you have a right to say, no, I'm angry and I'm gonna stay in my anger. As long as you're not being violent, as long as you're not being unsafe, as long as you're not attacking, bullying, name-calling and all these other things. If you're being cooperative and you're just expressing yourself, well, then you're good, right? And to the people on the receiving end, again, when people are trying to do this work, help them along, help the people you care about succeed. You know, so if they're trying to fix, repair, push forward, allow that. We have to be open to that. When someone's setting a boundary, trying to appropriately work through anger, frustration with us, help. Help. I watch people in couple sessions refuse to be on the same side and the same team. It's really important. Um, Soothing ourselves and stepping away is kind of what that example tells us. We have to keep an eye on ourselves. The best way we can do that is I sometimes put my hands actually take my hands. I, I can't really, you can't see me, but I put them on my chest and it just helps me feel my heart rate. And I start deep breathing. I try to track my breathing. Our breathing will always tell us what's going on. If our breathing is shallow and fast, well, then we're definitely moving towards dysregulation and overwhelm. We're getting flooded or we're flooding. If we can slow down our breathing and it's deeper and slower, well, then we're more, we're definitely in a calmer, more soothed state. So if this is all so un, unacknowledgeable to you, well, then just stick with your breath, always communicating where you're at, what you need, right? And that's kind of the way you track that. But we wanna be thoughtful about not, not letting anger, like I said, move into violence. We're not bullying, we're not name calling, we're not trying to harm, we're not trying to make someone worse off, right? That makes anger safe then. But I think some people let anger move into violence and that is reasonable then for people to say it's not okay that you come here with that kind of anger, right? We have to have that differentiation. It's always gonna be about the impact. I mean, that's really the solution to most people's questions about, is it reasonable? Is it healthy if I? My first thoughts always, is anyone harmed? And if so, well, then that's not the right answer. Find another way to get your needs met, to set your boundary, to express yourself where no one's harmed, you know? I have people do that on my social media. (laughs) They don't like something that I post. Instead of talking about the topic, they start name calling, right? getting violent with me, and then I block them. And then some people send a follow-up email challenging me for blocking them. And even in the email where they ask me why I block them, they continue to bully, name, call, and act out violence. And it's like, you're not dealing with anger. You're being violent. Go back to anger. Hey, this post really upset me, here's why. That's cool, that's fair, that's legit. But when you move into violence, then you're blocked. And I want everyone to know that in the real world. You have a right to set your wall, you're blocked, To, to say, I'm gonna step away from this. This isn't anger, this is violence. You know, we have to know that difference. It's always about impact. It's about harm. Because it doesn't matter your intent. The impact matters more. It doesn't matter what you meant or what you want. The way you're impacting others will always mean more. That's where mental health really, really, really comes in. So be aware of that and think about that. That has to matter. We don't want to just move through the world harming people, right? There's nothing healthy in that at all excuse me my sinuses it's from the air conditioning um all right we're gonna take a little break and we'll be back and uh like always dms open if you got a dm for us bam drop them in our loveline ig page we'll be back though you are listening to loveline with dr chris on the new channel q and on odyssey all right we're back and we're just kind of closing out our segment on anger also you know i guess the other word would be self-regulation but um excuse me, one of the things that I see people do, be, be very cautious to not be this person, is uh, they, they take their shot, they shoot their shot. They're like, okay, this person's come to me and they're expressing frustrations or concern, which part of being in a healthy relationship is the ability for you to have someone come to you saying, hey, I'm struggling with our relationship, here's why, right? Remember that when someone comes to you to talk about something, it's about that. Don't say, all right, well, now I'm gonna take my big moment to tell you everything I'm upset about with you. Nope. If you had that issue, you should have brought it up yesterday, last week, or feel free to bring it up tomorrow. But now it's about me centering what I needed to share with you. And for you to say, well, I want to take a moment to share my thoughts about what I don't like with you, then you're actually weaponizing that and it isn't safe. And so I support everyone in saying, unfortunately, I'm going to stick with me sharing with you what I needed to. And if you have a concern with me, please share it in the moment or at another time. But now's not the time for you to just you know, dump on me as well. Right. It's, there's, there's something a little shady about you taking that moment. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know what I mean? Cause everyone has a right to say, let's just stick with this one piece. So, you know, don't make it your big moment to overwhelm the person with all the issues you have as well. You know what I mean? Be very thoughtful and targeted with that. Stick to one topic. And I tell couples that if this is what the topic is, that's what the topic is. And there's other things that someone else wants to add on. You can come back to that. So excuse me, my sinuses. You're gonna have to deal with it. I'm a person, but I, I apologize ahead I of time. I don't know. It's part cat probably part air conditioning. Um but again, we're not getting violent. No screaming, no yelling, no name calling, no throwing. Again, throwing is implied violence. I might not be hitting you or throwing it at you, but if I'm slamming or hitting things around you, that's still violent. Uh, it's implied, implied violence towards you, even though it's only near you. But we don't want to be doing that. That's threatening and that's bullying. So just know that. But we want to, you know, communicate assertively and respectfully. And if you're doing all this work, then you're doing the best you can. Remember, we're not trying to be perfect. I had a couple that I was working with, and I love the way they said this. And they're like, "Are you trying to make us therapy robots where everything's done perfect?" And I said, "No. You know, the goal and the goal is the goal for you all is the goal I have for myself: deal with things better, catch them sooner." let them have less severity but that's it that's we're not perfect i just want you to catch it sooner deal with it better have more tools you know have a better perspective understand things a little more clearly but that's it we're not we're not trying to be perfect um mental health allows for failure mistake let down apology you know circling back cleaning up whatever it is so give yourself that little bit of grace that's what i keep saying during the pandemic and even moving out of it which is you know, we're all doing the best we can. Give yourself a break, give other people a break. We're doing, we're doing good enough. Good enough is the thing I want you to apply to everything moving forward. Good enough, you know, you did as much as you could, but we're not killing ourselves over things, right? We're doing the best we can. We're going as far as we can, 60%, 70%. We're not burning out, we're not stressing out. And that's part of us interacting in our relationships. So just be kind to each other. You know, because our mental health really is tied to how we impact those around us. Our mental health is relational health. So if you want to understand someone's mental health, ask them the quality and health of their relationships. Friends, families, loved ones, exes. That maps it all out. Unfortunately, some people have chronic relational issues or they have issues in almost every domain and every relationship in their life. It's not a good sign. It's not a good thing. So, you know, if you're hearing someone always having an issue and blaming everyone around them, well, you're going to be part of that narrative at some point as they express it to someone else, right? It's kind of why I love people asking about exes, how they talk about their ex, how they talk about how the relationship ended, That that's your future. <laughs> They're letting you know their mental health and their emotional intelligence and maturity. You know, they burn things down, they don't leave lovingly, they don't know how to transition from something romantic or sexual into just friends or social or taking the time they need or whatever it is. So, Ask yourself that. How are all the different relationships in my life doing? You know, because that's where my work is. Um, That's my mental health. And you can target some of those. That's how we improve. How can I be a better parent? How can I be a better best friend? How can I be a better colleague? Right. And really letting those relationships hold up a mirror, right? Because relationships hold up a mirror and they let us know where our work is. What upsets me and triggers me? Ah, that's my work. That shows me where my wounds are. That shows me what needs healing. The things that I'm triggered around. Triggers, again, tell us about ourselves. It's not about other people being warned as to what they shouldn't do. Yes, we want those that care about us to be aware of our triggers to maybe help us not step into them, but it's still our job and it shows us where we have work to do. So as to dismantle and remove those triggers, we hope, or just to be able to deal with them better. It's always the word, just better. We just wanna make things a little better incrementally. So zero in on that. Where's the anger needing some work? Where's the boundaries needing some work? What relationships need some work? And that's kind of the best we can do. Um, yeah, that's all I got for you guys. Um, but check out past episodes. We've been through this. We've talked about this. Um, we are channelq.com. Scroll down, look for my face, click on it. And there's little headings with every segment that kind of explain what we talked about. And uh, any questions or concerns, drop them in the uh, DMs on our LoveLine IG page. Whatever you're wondering about, someone else might be as well. Or you want me to go deeper into a topic or explain more, drop it in there and let us know. Producer Alex always gets them uh, over to me. We're always happy to hear from you, especially when you got something positive to uh, share. And uh, if you want to get a little bit more, you can check out my books. I don't pimp them out enough. Uh, Sex Outside the Lines and Rebel Love, Crash Course in Mental Health, Healthy Relationality. Also, it looks at gender, sexuality. It's very intersectional, sex positive, body positive. So uh, check it out. Uh, But we'll be back and we'll be gliding into those DMs. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris. Loveline is brought to you by AstroGlide personal lubricants and massage oils for everyone stick around we'll be back
3: selling a little or a lot You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor.
2: You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crownland Port, Chicago, Illinois. Alright, we're back, and now it's time to glide into those DMs brought to you by Astroglide.
0: Gliding into the DMs.
2: Here we go. Hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, I've gotten into a new relationship. We've been talking for about six months. We've been official for about four, almost a year. That's true. You're right. That's almost a year. I've gotten to know them deeper than anyone ever has. Beautiful. From what she tells me. And she's amazing inside and out. Aw, adorable. But there <laughs> comes the dun dun dun. However, uh, I don't think I can say the same for her wait, what does that say? What? I don't think she knows. Oh God. I don't think she knows a lot about me, but to be honest, I think it's a combination of things. I don't think she asks the right questions, but I also don't willingly tell her about myself. See, there it is. There it is. You're, you're withholding, right? Um, unless she asks and she never asks or tapes or takes deep conversations deep enough, if that makes sense. How can I make this a two-way street? Uh, I'm afraid you're doing this whole fair is fair. Like we have to step out of, okay, let me start. Let me go backwards. Let me go slower. Uh, We all have different capacities, right? We all have different abilities to tolerate closeness and intimacy, which means not everyone has the same level of comfort with disclosure, Asking for it and giving it. And that's going to be rooted in our family of origin, how our family members were with boundaries and disclosure and vulnerability, right? And prior relationships. Were they shamed for sharing? Were they never asked questions? All that coalesces into part of who we are within our next relationship, right? So don't penalize them. Like you're on the same team. If you want to be known more, share more. Bring yourself in. You don't need to be asked questions to bring yourself in, right? Don't, don't do that. Don't say, well, I don't share. Cause you don't ask. Well, you're an adult grow up. If you want to share, share, lean in, you know, it's okay to say, Hey, I wish you'd ask me more questions about myself or as you're asking her about herself, you can say, I'd love to share that. You know, I'd love to answer that for myself as well. You have to maybe get them more familiar you have to maybe hold their hand, but it's okay to tell people what we need. It's okay to just enact what we need. Like, don't, don't go into that. And I say this lovingly and very supportively, but don't go into that victim passive position of, well, you never asked. Well, this is your relationship. You're responsible for what's going on and where it goes to. You know, if you want to be asked, bring the question up. Ask to be asked. Disclose. Get it more familiar to be asked and disclosed. Maybe your silence and holding back is something that they thought was important to you. Maybe they saw it as a boundary and they're honoring it. So bring it up as a loving, calm topic. Hey, I noticed you don't seem to ask, you know, deeper questions about me. What's that about? What comes up for you when I ask that question? And then you step into creating the kind of relationship you want to have. If you want more depth, bring it. You know? We're not passive victims. We don't need people to mind read. We don't need people to inherently already know. You know, you're responsible for everything that's going on in your relationship because you're a participant. It's a feedback loop. It's a system, you know? You're not a neutral component. It's not happening in a vacuum. You know what I mean? So create it. You've got control over that. Create it. Lean into it. Build it in, you know? We have to step into that. So many people feel so victimized because of who their partner is or isn't, but your partner's doing the best they can often with what they've been given and with what skills they have, right? And what they've been up against. And so don't write it off as though it's not possible and don't write it off as though that's not something that's important and meaningful to them. It very much might be, but they just haven't been able to step into that. So get more information, right? Be more supportive. Start creating the kind of relationship you want. I say it to people all the time. People will enter my practice in different relationships and they'll say, I miss this, I miss that, I wish this. How can we start to reorient that? How You know, relationships and people are very plastic. They're malleable. We can always create a change in that system if we start being different you know so do that it's totally reasonable it's totally appropriate you know and you've been in it almost a year you said so now it's time to see what's possible you know that foundation's already been laid so lean in you know be part of the change you want to see as as we say um yeah we're, we're being more bold we're being more assertive we're being more transparent moving forward you know those are, those are we're being more authentic in all contexts. You're our full, authentic, total selves in all and every settings, In every, all in every setting, you know? So bring it in. All right, y'all, that is our show. We'll be back on Monday, but I spend this weekend. Tons of joy and pleasure, tons of rest, tons of self-care. Put those phones away, please. Spend time with those you love or spend time on your own out in the world, running around, reading books, napping, sleeping. I don't care. But put those phones down, put them away. You know what I mean? Be kind to yourselves. <laughs> I keep saying that over and over. I want to see more of that. But um, as always, y'all, thanks for hanging out. And if you want to check out past episodes, bin, share, post. It's over at wearechannelq.com and drop some questions in uh, the DMs on our Love Line IG page. we got your back. As always, though, thanks for hanging out and you enjoy the rest of your night.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.